Hello, all you seductive Scrooges and studly Santas, and welcome to episode 23 of A Bookish Affair, where we two Shannons will be your fellow travelers through the world of happily ever after. I'm Shandy, she's Shannon, and we love romance. We are the co-founders of the Lake Oswego Public Library's Romance Book Club, A Bookish Affair. We read and discuss diverse and inclusive love stories every second Sunday of the month at the library when it's open, and on WebEx for the foreseeable future. If you are interested in joining a virtual discussion group, have feedback for us, or suggestions for the club or podcast, or maybe you just want to say, hey, check the show notes for our emails and the link to our Bookish Affair page on lopl.org. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the ancestral, traditional, and unceded territory of the Kalapuya, Cowlitz, and Clackamas peoples on which we live, work, and record this podcast. Hello, everyone out there. We have a possibly annoyingly festive episode for you today. I don't know. I feel like we should be sipping egg. I mean, maybe we are sipping eggnog. Honestly, listeners, you have no idea what we're doing right now (laughs) we could be we could be wearing hats or uh i i don't know i can't think of anything really like wild that we could be doing (laughs) i mean i'm dressed up like an elf right now there you go and i'm wearing a i'm wearing an ebenezer scrooge top hat and we're drinking hot toddies yep that's definitely what's happening Not entirely, but we like to pretend. We sure do. <laughs> Shannon, how excited are you for the holidays this year? I know, for example, that you have acquired a truly epic piece of decor, and I would like you to tell everyone about it. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I'm so excited about this. I got myself a lit tinsel llama, and I, like, truly love this thing. I, like, don't need a Christmas tree because I have my tinsel llama. Um, I took a walk recently in my neighborhood and I saw one on on someone's porch and I just, I took a picture of it. I was just like so enamored with it. I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So yes, I, I ordered it, it arrived and I'm already super attached. Such a good investment. <laughs> Do you have your Christmas decorations up? I mean, I saw your plans for your lights. It's quite a detailed plan, and I would say that it's in progress. Um, the the northerly approach uh, to our house, the lights look very, I would say the lights look very good. I would say we're 95% there. The southerly approach, uh, yeah, if you're coming toward our house from the south, that needs a little bit of work, but uh, I need a few more lights to arrive, honestly, and then I also need my husband to be able to get on a ladder. I, I kind of did everything I could do, but I'm just, I'm just not that tall. So anyway, we're, we're like 65% done with the outdoor lighting. Um, you, so you mentioned your llama is going to be there inside your home in place of your Christmas tree. And I'm very happy about that because I like, I have hesitated to acquire Target has a, a, a light up narwhal that I have been thinking about for actual years, um, but I have hesitated to acquire something like that because if we had something like that, it would be stolen within 24 hours. Like we had 
this beautiful, my, my father-in-law makes little free libraries um, and he made this the coolest one out of, out of glass last year and he suspended it from a giant candy cane. So I was like, well, this is a giant candy cane. It's like Christmas decoration. So I like put lights all over it and I just made it part of our Christmas decorations. It totally got stolen. Somebody just completely took the whole thing. And this was a large piece of, of, of decor. Anyway, so we learned our lesson. We keep all of our most favorite Christmas and other decorations inside the house now. So I'm very glad to hear that Lit Tinsel Llama, I don't know if you've named her or him yet, um, but I, I'm I'm very glad that that <laughs> that creature is going to be safe inside your house. It makes me very happy. <laughs> I am so sorry about the little candy cane library that your father made. That that is heartbreaking and disappointing. Um, was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't want to put it outside because I wouldn't see it, <laughs> and I wanted to spend time with it. Um, and I have not named it. Um, I just think of a Gary Larson, like a far side commercial where some llamas are looking out the window and it's like, look, Larry, there's some land, <laughs> Lord. I can't do it. Like, but you know how like llama has like the two L's. <laughs> anyway, so I want to call as as I want to call it Larry, um, Larry, you know, multiple L's. I um, I, I think that's, that's genius. Um, I mean, I think you found your, <laughs> that's my favorite Gary Larson cartoon ever. That's genius. I can't believe I haven't seen that one. Um, I feel like you just got a new tree, didn't you? <laughs> we sure did. Um, we have always been regular, you know, just like go to the Boy Scout lot and get a tree or in our braver days, um, you know, go and cut down a tree ourselves. And I, I swore I would never get an artificial tree. And somehow we came to this one and it was just too amazing to resist. It's cotton candy pink. It is seven and a half feet tall. And I feel like this tree like this tree is just a way of saying to 2020 like here is exactly what we think of you 2020. <laughs> no, this says I love my life and watch me 2020 love my life. That's what your tree says. <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited about it. I think actually Joe might be more excited about it than anyone. He was tracking it so um I'm just checking where, you know, and you'd be like, okay, it's in, uh, it's on Ontario, California. Okay. Now it's in, now it's in Gresham, but why, why isn't it here yet? <laughs> so anyway, a uh, great deal of excitement in the Dickinson home about uh, our beautiful tree. Um, we are going to be decorating it this evening after recording the podcast. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Things are pretty holiday-ish here. I put, um, I put some lights, some tiny lights, very gently. I put them on uh, my aloe plant, Aloysius. Um, and shout out to our friend Izzy for growing Aloysius from a cutting. She really has many, like, super green thumb. Um, and so then she get, she gifted him to me. And I haven't murdered him yet. And I'm so happy about it. But anyway, he looks lovely with all of the little pretty lights on him. Um, 
Claire yesterday filmed her scenes as a sheep in the Zoom Christmas pageant at First Church LA. Uh, it was really fun listening to the recording. It just <laughs> Joe was kind of, you know, managing uh, managing that sort of parenting moment, but I was I was sitting on the stairs working on the podcast, and so I was, you know, I was just over here. Okay, you know, uh, okay, sheep. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna practice nodding and shaking your head. Okay, nodding first. Yep, that's good. That's what nodding looks like. Okay, now shake your head. Shake, shake, shake. Like you're saying no way. No, Alex, Alex, no, Alex. That's nodding. Try shaking. <laughs> you know, and then the angels come on, and the pastor is like, "Okay, angels, l- let's practice the glory to God line." Sound excited? And the angels are like, glory to God, glory to God. And she's like, guys, you're angels. You're like the cheerleaders for God. And I'm just cracking. Joe and I are just cracking up. Fortunately, we're on mute. <laughs> oh, it was so, it was so funny. I am, I want to laugh so hard. And like that my asthma is kicking in, like I'm coughing. But I love this story so much and I loved reading it in the script, but I love like actually watching you and listening to you tell it. It's even better. Oh my gosh. Uh, Claire is like perfect for this role too, but oh, that's so beautiful. She's, she's a very charming sheep and it, yeah, it was a hoot and I have to say my hat is off to Wally, who's the youth pastor and her assistants. And like, I, I mean, if you thought it was hard wrangling a bunch of kids for a Christmas pageant in person, like she's troubleshooting Zoom backgrounds and the parents are coming on. Like, I can't get this to work. And do I need my angel and my shepherd and my sheep all in separate rooms on separate devices? And, you know, she's having to make sure everybody's muted when there's, but it's just a whole new level. Although I have, I was sitting there thinking, if I had had an IRL version of the mute all feature when I stage managed the best Christmas pageant ever, uh, like that, that really would have improved my experience. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Truth. Um, <laughs> wow. That is hilarious. See, yeah. The mute, mute feature is just a gift. Yeah, it is. It is a true gift. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Should we talk about books on this book podcast? Oh, all right. Sure. Want to talk about (laughs) holiday romance? Like I'm totes in the mood, but I have to admit my holiday romance game is in need of a boost. With you as our tour guide, will you please take us into this holiday season? Shandy, like what are you reading? What do you recommend? I would love to talk about holiday romance, and I am afraid that you and everyone else listening may be very sorry that you asked that question, but I'm I'm going forward. <laughs> no, I think that we're going to be very happy we asked this question. In fact, I've been, I'm fairly certain we've been waiting for this, like, for this moment to come to ask this question. <laughs> so, go on. All right, if you insist. Um, okay. Okay. My young Padawan. When you think about it, holiday romance is kind of like the force because once you start looking for it, you realize it's everywhere. (laughs) I have the perfect book for you to start with. And I don't think the word Christmas appears anywhere in the book. So yeah, 
So, okay, let's talk about Love All Year, which I've talked about a couple of times recently. I finished it last week. I expected to love it, but I did not expect it to just rocket straight into my top 10 reads for 2020. This is a very, you know, it it's not every year that you find something, you read something in December that makes it onto your top 10. It's just, you know. So I would have a terrible time choosing a favorite story from this bunch. So it is an anthology of holiday romance novellas that um, that take place, or you know, in holidays throughout the year, none of which happen to be Christmas. Um, so I don't know. I would have a really hard time choosing a favorite. So I just want to talk about all of them just a little bit. Um, so buckle up, uh, folks. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that was that was some good that was some good buckling up charades. <laughs> It's like I'm like putting on a parachute or something. Like, let's go. Yeah. I'm serious. Let's go. Those are really like spenders, but I like the parachute. Okay, that works. Um, <laughs> okay, so the anthology starts off with Three Stars in the Sky by Stacey Agdern, which is a sweet second chance romance. It has a songwriter and a singer. They're writing a song about Sukkot and they're trying to write a happy ending for their own love story. Very lovely. Um, just a nice way to start off the anthology. So the next one is It Happened One Yule by um, Celestine Martin. So that's a friend, excuse me, <clears throat> that's a friends to lover story. The heroine is a witch and the hero is a regular dude, although it's not, the magic thing is just not uh, a big deal. It, you know, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I I actually made myself a potion to see if I could, uh, you know, I could, I could make my wishes come true. Um, and it's just kind of no big thing. Um, so anyway, friends to lovers, they've been pining for each other forever. I really like that trope. Um, one of my favorites in the anthology is called Queen Esther Unmasked. And that's set in New York in the 1890s. So already that's kind of an unusual historical setting. Um, the, it, it, it features this unlikely couple who meet when she's playing the king and he's playing the queen in their community's quorum play, um, there's just some very smoldering tension between these protagonists. It's just like, whoa, um, you know, kind of scorching the page. Yeah, anyway, I really love that. That's by Hallie Alexander. And I am really excited to read more of her work. She has some historical romances set during the Revolutionary War, which I think is always a really interesting historical backdrop. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I have liked Savannah J. Frierson for a really long time. I've talked about her novellas, Be Mine and All Mine. So her contribution to this anthology is a really beautiful second chance romance set during an annual Juneteenth, Juneteenth celebration. Um, and and that, that setting is personally really meaningful to both protagonists. Um, and it's just this lovely small town um beautiful story I don't want to give too much away about it it's just very good that's called legacy of love um and it really that's a very strong one um Farah Heron who wrote the chai factor which I really have been meaning to finish uh started it a while back really liked it don't know why I haven't finished it yet um so her uh her story for this anthology uh has a title that I really love it's called making up with Eve Bay um and it's a second chance romance about high school sweethearts who reunite 10 years after a devastating breakup. It's 
set in and around uh, an Eid Alada party. So there's tons of great food. There are snazzy outfits. There's Mendy. Um, the heroine is an entrepreneur who makes a lipstick line for people of color. Um, like I, I have pretty much zero interest in makeup. Like my sole concession concession to makeup was wearing tinted Blistex chapstick to my own wedding. But <laughs> like I was so intrigued by her company, and I really loved reading about it. And I loved that she was really clear about the lipstick being for anyone of any gender. Um, I, I liked that that was you know that they made a point of that. Um, that was really nice. Uh, let's see. Okay. Here's another one I loved. It's called a bridge of magpies, um, by Ekaterine Shia. Um, and that is, that was unlike anything I've ever read. It's got artists, a menage, it's got like enjoyment of food. Uh, it's, it's set all around a holiday that I was unfamiliar with the, uh, the Chinese holiday of Qixi, which honors the love between an immortal woman and a mortal man who, you know, despite parental disapproval, of course, um, they can reunite once a year via a bridge of magpies. Um, so it was really like really thoughtful and delicate and fascinating. And I loved it. And I'm really excited to read more of her work. Um, and then it's finishes strong. Uh, the last story is called The Sweet Spot by Felicia Grossman. Um, that's a contemporary story about uh, Alana, the rabbi, and Jeremy, the cantor at her synagogue, falling falling for each other, despite, you know, of course, their best efforts not to. Um, and that takes place at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. So yeah, anyway, I, I loved, loved this book. Every single story, there's not a weak link in the bunch. It was just brilliant. So I, maybe start there. <laughs> um, you have me super excited about this anthology. Um, you sent me a clip. I It must have been from The Sweet Spot feel like the name Jeremy was familiar and and the dialogue was was really good so um that is going to the top of my list okay uh, so should we stop there like is that the or or is there some other titles that you want to talk about oh, oh I, I might just have a couple more okay. Uh, and by a couple more, it might mean a couple thousand more, but no, I'll try to keep it reasonable. Um, oh, all right. Well, you asked for it. So I, I do read holiday romance year round. So I have some uh, sort of banked, um, <laughs> but I did recently finish uh, All They Want for Christmas, which is a holiday menage by Andy J. Christopher, who's probably best known for her recent rom-com, Not the Girl You Marry. I can't remember if you've read that. No, one. actually, it's it's on my list. I need to. Yeah, I have. I've sort of postponed that one because I've read some pretty lackluster reviews of it. So I've kind of not prioritized it, but um, I don't know this, this trope, this sort of, you know, two dudes and a lady who are all in love with each other is becoming really one of my catnip situations. So I totally blame Katrina. I, I blame and thank uh -huh. Katrina Jackson. Um, <laughs> so this is a, uh, you know, Francesca dumps her boyfriend and then immediately runs into her commitment phobe ex and his best friend slash sort of boyfriend. And then they all get snowed in together uh, kind of situation. And I really enjoyed it. The ending felt rushed, but overall very spicy, very romantic. Definitely one of the spicier mainstream romances I've read. I would say solid Avignero approaching ghost pepper levels. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of things that are a little spicier, 
than other things. Um, I am working on a, a Princess for Christmas by Jenny Holiday. I mean, can you imagine if your last name were Holiday and you grew up to write a Christmas romance novel? It's perfect. Um, what I've heard is that this is like a Hallmark, Hallmark movie, but with way more kissing and related activities. Um, so I think that's been that's been getting a lot of of really good reviews, and I'm very excited for um to finish that one. But uh, I, and I do have more to lay on you. But um, Shannon, why don't you tell us a few of your holiday romance recent holiday romance reads? Um, I think you were planning to check out Mary Inkmas by Talia Hibbert. Um, so what yes. did you think? So I did read Mary Inkmas. Um, I also read Jasmine Gilroy's um, Royal Holiday. And those are like the two holiday titles I've read recently. Oh, uh, Mangoes and Mistletoe by Adriana Herrera. That was like a month or so ago. Does that count? Totally counts. I read it in August. Totally Sweet. still counts. <laughs> All right, so I got three holiday titles <clears throat> to contribute. Woot, woot. Um, we've talked about Yay. mangoes and mistletoe so much here. I feel like you listeners know how we feel about it, meaning we loved it. Uh, Royal Holiday was a good and satisfying older protagonist international romance. But you asked about Mary Inkmas, and I went off topic. I just needed to get those in. Um, Mary Inkmas was good. It's a festive take on Beauty and the Beast. Cash is the hot but tormented tattoo artist whose past still haunts him. And he's a redhead, I believe. Like, because, you know, only redheaded heroes for romance, apparently. <laughs> I'm really wondering if Talia Hibbert's boyfriend is a ginger. I I wonder too. Like she definitely seems a little preferential. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if I ever start writing romance, one hundred percent of my heroes are going to have beards and glasses. I mean, so. I get it. Like we read and we write what we find attractive, you know. So it totally, it totally makes sense. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, Cash sounds like a hottie. Uh, so he's a a redheaded tattoo artist. Um, Bailey is the beautiful barista, um, who he's totally attracted to. She, you know, has her own baggage. Are they willing to open their hearts to one another? That summary, like, gives nothing away, does it? Um, it doesn't really tell you what it's about. But in truth, there's actually quite a lot of layers to the story. And, um, and, and both of who, like, Cash and Bailey are as people and their values and they're both sincerely good people who care deeply for others and and I enjoyed it. I will say like surprisingly I think that mating the huntress bizarrely enough I liked it a little bit better like the tortured artist archetype just isn't a favorite of mine like did you read Mary Inkmas like what did you think? True confessions I actually just I keep having to let that one go and place it on hold again because I keep getting distracted uh, not least by other Talia Hibbert holiday True. romance. <laughs> you know, you do that thing where you're like, oh yeah, that one's really short. That won't take long. And so you procrastinate. And then before you know it, it's due tomorrow. Four other people are waiting for it. You know how it goes. Um, but I am happy to hear that it's worth a read. So I will definitely uh, make sure to read that possibly next week. Um, I loved Mating the Huntress so much that I am not surprised it outshone this one for you. Uh, I'm also definitely with you on the tortured artist situation. So, <laughs> but you know, now that we're talking about one of our favorite authors, 
I think we should note that some of our very most favorite authors have at least one and often more holiday-themed authoring. So, you know, Talia Hibbert has this and Wrapped Up in You, which is her new, uh, brand new Christmas romance. Uh, Katrina Jackson has her Christmas cookie, um, which is just such a cute title. And that's kind of a holiday follow-up to the story that begins with From Scratch. Um, she also has a couple of books set in and around New Year's. One's called Every New Year, and one is a heist novel called Grand Theft NYE. Um, Adriana Herrera obviously has Mangoes and Mistletoe, but she also has her brand new American Christmas. And even Rebecca Weatherspoon, because you didn't really think we were not going to mention <laughs> Rebecca Weatherspoon, right? <laughs> we are who we are. Uh, she has a Christmas novella, and that's part of the Fit series. So, you know, that could be a way to approach your holiday reads, like those trusted authors. I mean, I know that we're starting to sound like broken records here at A Bookish Affair, but it's so true. Like, you cannot go wrong with these authors. They just spin magic. Speaking of can't go wrong with them authors, uh, I we have talked a lot about Lydia San Andres on this podcast. She has some really wonderful holiday ro- um, romance novellas that I actually read in March in the days right before lockdown. So I have I have a very vivid memory of like sitting on my lunch break in the library at Jesuit High School and hearing the coughs and sneezes of what seemed like a thousand teenagers and just wondering like, how on earth am I going to get out of here uncontaminated? Uh. <laughs> like if they ask me reference questions, I have to answer them. <laughs> that was before, you know, that was before masks or or anything. It was just right before everything shut down. Anyway. Miss Dominguez's Christmas Kiss was the perfect distraction in the middle of all that uncertainty and anxiety. So, um, so yeah, I'm not joking when I say I read holiday romance year round, and especially in 2020. Um, that one, I know I've mentioned it before, but it contains three stories. Um, there's a uh, a lesbian Christmas romance, um, an MF New Year's romance with an older heroine. Um, and an MF uh, Dia de los Tres Reyes Magos romance. And I loved it. It's so good. Uh, She has another one called A Season for Wishes. That's a really sweet second chance Christmas novella as well. Um, I don't know. I feel like like as much as I love historicals, I haven't actually read that many holiday historicals. So those ones are really a treat. Um, there are so many, you know, sort of Duke adjacent Regency holiday romances out there. And I've read almost none of them because, you know, blah, nobility, blah, blah, rich people. But uh, one that I do really like is A Kiss for Midwinter, which is a novella in Courtney Milan's Brothers Sinister series. And if I remember correctly, both protagonists are just, um, you know, regular, regular people, which is always nice and historical. They're, they, they have some Dukes in their social circle, but neither of them. Our nobility so that's kind of nice um i also just heard about uh tis the season to be sinful which i think is an excellent title and that is a historic another historical a marriage of convenience story um by adrian basso and that got a great review from one of my favorite hard to please goodreads reviewers so i'm going to check that out and then i also just got from netgalley uh the christmas chevalier by meg mardell and that is a historical and one of the protagonists is trans and it has a beautiful cover and I'm super intrigued. I'm very, um, yeah, I read a bunch of that today and I'm really I, liking it so far. I look forward to hearing more about that one. That one sounds yeah. really different and really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, okay. That's actually all I have now for historicals. So, uh, 
uh, are you ready to come back with me to the present day? <laughs> Bring us back. You're getting dragged along no matter what. So. <laughs> okay, let's talk about somebody. You cannot talk about holiday romance without talking about Jackie Lau, as I have done many times already on this podcast, because you also can't talk about tropes without talking about Jackie and, Lau. And honestly, this should be my sure shot but I haven't read Jackie Lau. Like this is for shame. I need to dive in. All right. Take us there. (laughs) I really can't wait for you to read these. They are so much fun. So her main holiday series is holidays with the Wongs. And it is a series of four incredibly tropetastic holiday books featuring the Wong siblings starts out with a match made for Thanksgiving Um, And in that one, the Wong parents and grandparents decide that it's just a great idea to set all the kids up with blind dates for Thanksgiving dinner. And this is Canadian Thanksgiving, by the way, because all these take place in in Canada, which is a place. No, Uh, (laughs) I do really like the um, like the Toronto setting of her books. Um, Anyway, so so yeah, so they set all the kids up with blind dates for Thanksgiving And that goes just about as well as you would imagine. Uh, Among other disasters, Nick Wong's brother, Greg, has been set up with Lily. But Lily is Nick's latest one-night stand. So, yikes! Big yikes! And it just gets tropier and more hilarious from there. The next one is a second chance road trip for Christmas. I don't even need to explain the plot of that. Because the title says it all. Uh, A fake girlfriend for Chinese New Year. Ditto. And a big surprise for Valentine's Day, which has a less informative title. Um, that one has uh, the Wong's sister, Amber. She finds herself falling for her, you know, no strings attached fling Sebastian, whose parents just happen to be friends with her family and strings are definitely getting attached. And these books are just so funny and warm. I love the parents and especially the grandparents and especially the grandma. Ama, like if you read these books for nothing else, read them for Ama. She also Jackie Lau also has uh, one bed for Christmas, which is part of another series, and a new one called Her Pretend Christmas Date, which I will talk about more later. Anyway, okay. she's awesome. <laughs> I've downloaded the first two. Um, I love her, her titles are just so fantastic. But you're right; it's like the um. A big surprise for Valentine's Day. I was like, what is that? A secret baby? <laughs> but no, <laughs> sorry. I was getting ahead of myself. But I've downloaded those. All right. What else? What other um, Christmas romances? Okay. I also recently finished Holiday Home Run by Priscilla Oliveras. That was short and sweet. It's got kind of a connection to her Match to Perfection series. Um, I had started the first one in that in that series, His Perfect Partner, but I had found it a little bit slow moving. Um, but some of the characters from that series are featured in this one. So I think it was the perfect thing to sort of, you know, get, remind me that I need to get back to that book. Um, and I do, I really love how she writes a close-knit family. She's yeah, really strong nice. there. Um, okay, so I know, have we discussed Sweet on You by Carla de Guzman already? Like I started it, but I'm I'm kind of having a hard time getting into it. There's this uh, can't handle change, so I'll hate you instead trope. That's a little frustrating for me. Have you started this or finished it? Am I do I do I just need to like stick with it? I'm reading it right now. You're probably a little bit further in than I am, because um, I'm just a couple chapters in. I'm kind of enjoying 
there's this kind of small town neighborhood vibe with a lot of a lot of small businesses on kind of a main street or a square. I can't remember which, um, but you know, a lot of a lot of small business owners who are friends and take care of each other and stuff. So I'm kind of excited to read about them. Um, I'm excited to read about Filipino holiday True. traditions and food. Uh, yeah, in the the part I just read, the heroine has just put up her family's um, parol, which is a beautiful star-shaped lantern. It's a traditional Filipino Christmas decoration. So I, I had never heard of that. So I had to Google image that. And it really is. Yeah, I, I Googled that one too. And it really, it, it does look stunning. All look lit up. So pretty. Um, let's see. Okay. So here's something else you might like. Um, you really love Take the Lead by Alexis Daria. So you might also enjoy Dance All Night, which is her New Year's Christmas romance. That's also part of the Dance Off series. Um, and that features Jess and Nick who have a magical New Year's kiss. They just find themselves at a party with no one to kiss. And so they just do that. I don't know. People are always doing that in movies. I would never, I mean, even with coronavirus. Right. <laughs> Like, is everyone just non-discriminating about, like, who they kiss? Like, like, oh, okay, all right. So I guess we're doing these. Yeah. So they have, but they have this magical kiss, and they then they don't see each other for 11 months. But, you know, lo and behold, the Christmas season is upon us, and Nick is back in town, and Jess is a Scrooge, and he sets out to convince her of the magic of Christmas while also winning her heart. And borrowed download. <laughs> you're gonna I'm, like it I'm excited dance all night <laughs> and if you like that trope where you where they pair a Scrooge with someone who just might as well be one of Santa's elves um you know sort of a holiday specific subset of the grumpy slash sunshine trope um I recommend Being Mary by Mika James um I just finished that it's got forced proximity grumpy sunshine Scrooge elf I mean one of the heroine's names is literally well um, because she was born on Christmas. Uh, bonus points for taking place in Phoenix, Arizona, and super bonus points that the character who has just mer- moved there uh, just like has only nice things to say about Phoenix and the landscape and the weather. And I cannot tell you how much I loathe it. This has been happening my entire marriage. You know, people hear that Joe's from Phoenix and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. What? Who says that about somebody's hometown? Like people just feel so free. To dis Phoenix, I don't understand it. Agreed. It that's rude. It's one thing for the person who's from there to say that. It's quite another for the listener to make those judgments. Like, I I will say I drove through there um, a few years back to visit my aunt who lives in Mesa, and I think I spent the bulk of my time trying to figure out how I could hug a saguaro cactus without getting hurt. <laughs> yes, folks, I have a lit tinsel llama, and I want to hug a cactus. Stay with us. We're totally fine, and we're totally sane. Anyway, but like any big city, there are plenty of magical things that you can find in Phoenix. I have a lit tinsel llama, and I want to hug a cactus. Like, is it really any wonder we're friends? <laughs> and, and as for Phoenix, I mean, the superstitions, the Desert Botanical Garden, the Herd Museum, Chicago Hamburger Company. I have a picture of myself hugging a saguaro. I mean, very carefully without actually touching it but oh that makes me so happy this needs to go on social media by the way Ooh, yeah um that was a major tangent some shameless pandering to my husband and my mother-in-law no regrets um but let's okay let's get back to the romance novel being mary um the scrooge heroine 
Lennox owns a bar called the Salty Cactus, which would be the perfect nickname for the character herself. Um, and there's like this cute cactus symbol at the beginning of every chapter. So Mika James is really leaning in on the AZ and I am here for it. Uh, speaking of Christmas and warm climates, and I really feel like I'm on fire with the segues today. Uh, I just finished 12 Dates of Christmas by Rosie Adams. And someone tell me how, like, how did this woman snag both 12 Dates of Christmas and Love in the Time of Corona as titles? <laughs> she's just, she's some kind of um, genius. I, I Anyway, this one is a second chance, childhood friends, friends to lovers, contemporary set in the Caribbean. Um, Zia and Rashad are former best friends. And their friendship got complicated when they added romance a few years ago. Um, So they just stopped being friends. Now he's back on island for Christmas. He's trying to convince her to give true love a chance with 12 dates, of course. I was a little disappointed that they weren't themed around partridges and drummers and maids of milking. But there is at least some cute rhyming um, you know, on the first date of Christmas my true love gave to me, etc. So pretty cute. I enjoyed it. That sounds redeemable. Oh, I suppose I can for- forgive her for not going all in on the partridges. <laughs> okay, so let's wind up this holiday romance avalanche with some romances that focus on winter holidays that are not Christmas. Um, I loved Zan West's Eight Kinky Nights. Um, that is a lesbian friends to lovers Hanukkah romance that takes place in their just wonderfully diverse world just full of just this vast chosen family that these characters have and and zan west is so amazing with representation i mean we have fat characters trans characters non-binary characters characters on the autism spectrum asexual and aromantic characters bi and pan characters i mean it's the representation representation is just second to none um a lot spicier than their troublesome crush as you could probably tell from the title (laughs) but it has this similar feeling of warmth and safety and I just love reading about their characters asking what they need and supporting each other and there are a lot of cameos from characters in West's other books too um so good just such a treat to read that book um there are a couple more that I haven't read yet but I have been seeing them um, pop up on lists miracles and menorahs by stacy agdern who had first story in that love all year anthology and lighting the flames by sarah wendell who is the founder if i'm not mistaken of smart bees trashy book so uh, does that make her the og smart bee <laughs> anyway so she has that book um <laughs> uh i've been searching for diwali romance and i haven't found anything yet I am hopeful, though, that that will become a reality someday. And I haven't read a ton of Kwanzaa romance, although I have read a lot of picture books about Kwanzaa. Um, I just read a really sweet short, like even shorter than novella length, um, story called uh, Guess Who's Coming to Karamu by Cy Blanco. Um, And that is a, uh, it's an MM meet cute in a malfunctioning mall elevator, that old chestnut. Um, (laughs) There's not a ton of focus on Kwanzaa and Karamu, which is the big feast that takes place on the sixth day of Kwanzaa. It's still a very sweet and nice little holiday read. And, you know, it took me about half an hour to read it and I liked it. Um, I am also just starting Kwanzaa Angel by Shirley Halestock. 
That is a longer novella that I think focuses more on the holiday itself a little bit from reviews I've read. Um, it does feature a trope that I am not crazy about. The, you know, you stood me up at our high school prom and I still hate you. Um, and even more annoyingly, like the hero doesn't remember the heroine yet. Like she looks vaguely familiar to him and he's really into her, but somehow he doesn't recognize her as the girl he dumped at prom and I'm annoyed. <laughs> I am digging the Kwanzaa aspect, so I shall carry on, but I am not. I mean, how does that even make sense? Like, I mean, that that doesn't even make sense. Like, how? Yeah, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm annoyed on your behalf. <laughs> yeah, he's really going to have to. Uh, he's really going to have to do some work to to win me over. Um. <laughs> <Some> serious work. <laughs> okay, Shannon. After all that, I need to catch my breath. So um, would you tell us what you've been reading while I, you know, recover? <laughs> sure. Uh, this might be brief. So um, I just finished If the Boot Fits by Rebecca Weatherspoon, which is so super delightful and totally worth all the like starred reviews that she's been getting. It's her spin on the classic fairy tale, Cinderella. It's brilliant and incredibly well done. I highly recommend it. Um, but I'll tell you, I do, I'm, I'm realizing I don't like stories with horrible people who seek to hurt others for sport, um, which, you know, in, in fairy tales, it's kind of what it's kind of about, like these evil villains, you know. Um, so in this case, it's the Wicked Stepsisters, who has been actually made into one character, um, Drew Anastasia, which... I mean, talk about a brilliant blending of the stepsister's name into one. I think you might have talked about this before. Yeah, this character just made me so angry. And I suppose that's the point. You know, normally I don't like this type of female villain who's, you know, not only a super meanie, but also has that, like, she wants the hero for herself. So she'll, you know, kind of stop at nothing. But I don't, I don't know. Rebecca Weatherspoon can make just about anything work. Yeah, she's a super mean girl for sure. And and very true. Rebecca does an excellent job with these meanings in a way that makes me think that this woman, this author, just has this tremendous amount of empathy and compassion. Like to be able to to write that, but like even reading a, a review of hers, uh, just her understanding of these characters and of these, you know, this care, this type of, you know, personality, it just, it, it just blew my socks off. Anyway, so I cannot wait for the third, the third book, uh, which features the curmudgeonly older brother, Jesse. Um, I read that it will be like a Beauty and the Beast fairy tale. So again, that sort of like tortured thing isn't my favorite, as I said earlier. I'm so looking forward to Jesse's story. Like he needs some romance in his life and it's just, yeah, just so excited for that one. Okay, what else am I reading? Um, I've started a couple books and I'm just not getting into them, but now I have a ton of holiday romance to read. Okay, mm -hmm. this did not, did you catch your breath? Because this, <laughs> this was not, I can I can sit here and stutter some more if we want, but um, I will. I must also say that I am super looking forward to Jesse's story as well. Like we've gotten so much of Jesse in the other books, 
in Cowboy to Remember and If the Boot Fits. So I'm just, yeah, I, I really can't wait for him to be the star. Um, and I love that where, where, you know, you just learn more and more about those sort of eventual heroes and heroines um, yeah, that are coming in later books. I think that's, uh, that is not easy to do. I mean, I think it takes a lot of of forethought and it also just speaks to the way that Rebecca Weatherspoon writes secondary characters. Um, just, they're, they're just so vivid. She just has such a gift for it. And yeah, we become invested in them. Yeah. Like, you know, like their, their cousin, um, is that Leela, Alila? You, there's this whole backstory with her and I don't know. Yeah. It just becomes so invested in these, these side characters, these like, you know, side characters, the family, like it just, I loved it. Okay, well, I hope you didn't think I was done talking about holiday romance because I am definitely not. Uh, <laughs> so as I mentioned, eagerly awaiting Jackie Lau's Her Pretend Christmas Date, which releases on the 8th. Oh, that's tomorrow. Well, it's exciting. Um, that is part of her new series, uh, Cider Bar Sisters. I am excited. Fake Relationship plus Christmas. I am pretty much guaranteed to enjoy it. Uh, I have been saving Talia Hibbert's new Christmas romance, Wrapped Up in You, which is a Friends to Lovers. Very excited about that one. And I also just started And Then They Were Four by Elna Holst. And after I started it, I realized that it's actually the fourth book in a series. And I think it might be kind of epilogues for all the stories that came before. So now I'm not sure if I should be reading it now. Um, But I don't know, but it's holiday. And I really liked her, um, her Charlotte Lucas romance lucas I, I talked about that very early on in the podcast um so i'm really intrigued to see what she does with the turn of with the turn of the millennium like this takes place around the year 2000 so um also i have to say that even though he never listens to this podcast uh our friend ken will still never let me live it down if i go another holiday season without reading his favorite christmas romance stud muffin santa by Oregon author Tana Fenske. Um, so I am going to try to fit that in. I'm also trying to fit in Secret Santa Baby by Robin Covington. Uh, I really liked her uh, her MM romance, His Convenient Husband, which I think has a wonderful title. Um, I, I there was there was I guess I should say there was a lot I liked about that and some stuff that uh, that I I didn't as well. So there was a bit of a mixed bag for me, but. I was really excited when I heard about this book because I was really excited to find a holiday romance by an indigenous author. So there you go. And I try right. to put that in. I believe there are references to the song Santa Baby, which I like could be worse, like could be Baby It's Cold Outside. And I don't know, like if you thought Baby It's Cold Outside was distressing before, like try hearing it as a duet between sophomores at a high school Christmas concert seven years in a row. Like especially when you get to the say what's in this drink part like are you kidding me <laughs> oh my gosh I, I know I shouldn't be I suppose but I, I really still am so surprised every time I hear that song on the radio and it so it gets played a lot baby it's cold yeah. outside yeah. Like, in in so many different versions like really yeah. like stop it's so disturbing <laughs> so I can only imagine being sung by high schoolers is actually even worse. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, radio station, stop playing it. That's yeah. It's 2020. Come on. Um, 
All right. Me too. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, since we missed it last week, because we were just talking so much, because we had so many things to say, let's do Crossover Corner this week. Um, I am reading and really digging the Lady Sherlock series by Sherry Thomas, um, which I had read the first book in and then had picked it up again after Uh, We talked about it in the crossovers episode. So it has five books so far. I'm in the middle of book three, The Hollow of Fear. So Sherry Thomas is, she is a historical romance author, but this is not, this is not romance. There's definitely kind of a slow burn. Will there, won't they? Who are we kidding? Of course they will kind of situation. Um, This is a Sherlock Holmes knockoff. Um, this so anyway so this series follows the adventures of charlotte holmes who for obvious reasons you know involving the patriarchy you know she sort of constructs this elaborate scheme involving her assisting her completely fictional detective brother sherlock holmes while he's bedridden bedridden there is no sherlock so it's just charlotte and her sidekick mrs watson doing all the detective works the work themselves um she's also trying to rescue her sister's from their dreadful parents and set them up in their own household. And she's just such an interesting character. Um, You know, not just the, not just the sort of Sherlockian aspects, um, but she's just kind of a fascinating person. She doesn't approach feelings or emotions um, in a, in a conventional way. And she, I don't know. She's just a fascinating character, fascinating character. I, I would be happy just to read about her solving mysteries and hanging out with her friends and sisters. I feel like the love story is, I don't know, she's got this sort of once and presumably future flame, Lord Ingram Ashburton. Um, and he is not, despite his incredibly lordy name, uh, is not really catching my interest to the greatest degree. Um, he also has several lordy sounding brothers uh, who are named Remington, Wycliffe, and Bancroft Ashburton. So this does have some... <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for Lord-like names, this is definitely the series for you. <laughs> you know, I haven't heard of this series before. So, yeah, thank you for bringing bringing it to our crossover corner. Thank you for bringing crossover corner back, by the way. So uh, I was thinking about the punny romance titles. And since we went off romance last week, and honestly, me, you know, like how many Earl puns can one take? Here's another off-topic punny title so mystery writer david rosenfeld has some good ones last year's release was titled dosh hound through the snow (laughs) and his latest is called silent bite (laughs) a little canine to go with your winter mystery anyway (laughs) that is amazingly terribly awesome i really like those um i was looking for for punny excuse me why is that hard to say I was looking for punny holiday romance titles um, for this segment. And what I ended up finding was Hallmark movie titles mostly. And I have to say that Fur Crazy is a pretty good punny romance movie title. But anyway, these these canine winter mysteries are exactly what I was hoping for. So thank you. (laughs) Uh, Fur Crazy actually fits in. I mean, I know it's like, you know, Douglas Fur. Yeah. Crazy. But um, it kind of could be fur, like as in like, dog fur yeah no you're totally right oh my gosh that works on so many levels wow so fur crazy that was a very good one to bring into this 
Oh, the connections. Oh, all right, friends. I hate to cast and run, but I have a cotton candy Christmas tree that is calling my name. Joe and Claire have been very patient all day. I know they're just sitting downstairs, you know, just staring at the tree and waiting for me to come down the stairs so we can put lights on it. We're going to watch the snowy day and Charlie Brown Christmas. And we have one last packet of hot chocolate that we've saved for this very evening. So listeners, thank you so much for sharing this time in this space with us. And we would love to hear from you. Tell us about your holiday decorations, tinsel llamas, wacky colored Christmas trees, holiday traditions, and of course, your favorite holiday romances, if you have any. What do you read to get in a festive mood? Email us, comment on an LOPL social media post, or find our bookstagrams at the Knitterly Bookworm and Shandy B. Reads. And please excuse, mine has been gathering dust. I need to um, remedy that here soon. But as always, please note that the opinions um, expressed and espoused on those bookstagrams do not necessarily reflect those of the Lake Oswego Library or even of this podcast. Um, Our next virtual books discussion group is coming up on this Sunday, December 13th. We will be talking about Pride and Prejudice and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev. If you'd like to join, please get in touch. And may the holiday lights and llamas brighten your ways. Uh, Cheers all. podcast about the help of a few lovely folks. We are grateful to Allison Arnold and Anya Woodhouse for being our rocks and our champions and taking care of everyone at the library. Rick, uh, Rick Lyons. For giving us security in the first place and making us believe we could do it. Chris Barrett for being a national treasure. Chris Myers. For good trouble. Kira Taylor. For cheerfully acquiring just about anything we ask her to. Noelle Elson, Amy Grimes, and Todd Mecklem. For answering all of our emails and making us look good on social and making us look good on social media. Special thanks to Noelle for <laughs> listening to the end. Everyone at LOPL has provided so much encouragement and support. Evie's our biggest cheerleader. We hope all podcasters have a super fan like her. Claire D does a cool D does our cuts and corrections. Thanks, Justin and Joe, our very own Rancers. We love you. Thanks also to the library. Also to Larry, the llama, and the cotton candy Christmas tree. And thanks most of all to our book club members and podcast listeners who keep us inspired and always searching for the next happily ever after. Love you all. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Love laughing in the background.